Welcome, everybody, to the Florida State League Radio Network. I am happy to have you guys on the podcast today. We are here with another Blue Jays uh, pitcher here today, Graham Spraker. Graham, welcome to the show, my friend. Uh, I'm happy to have you on. I can build like a minor league baseball team with everybody that I'm had on. I'm telling you, I'm getting like so many guys on. So, no, but welcome to the show, man. I'm happy to have you on. Hey, Dylan. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. Uh, I'm really happy to have you on. Obviously, you know, can never complain about uh, getting a minor leaguer on, so I'm uh, pretty excited to get you on today. Uh, let's get right into it. So I guess my first question will be is, what was it like playing in Dunedin this year? Playing for Dunedin in 2019 was was tough. It was really tough. Mm-hmm. We That was the one year we didn't get to use the, uh, the normal stadium. And uh, so we had some obstacles in our way, that's for sure. Adapting to a new playing field. Yep. And I was there every day. But, uh, you know, it was a great team dynamic. Everybody embraced the the grind. I mean, everybody says that all the time. But yeah, we all came together and, uh, you know, that knew that we could change it. So might as well embrace it. Yeah, and, and it seemed like, and what I've heard from a lot of the guys like uh, Samad Taylor and Chris Beck and, and even Maverick Buffo, um, you know, they've been able to kind of, they just embrace it, and, and it seems like they just they just worry about the play on the field than, than actually where they were playing at, um, which I think is a, a good thing, to, a good mindset to have going into the season because knowing you are going to be playing at a temporary ballpark that isn't even your ballpark like the team never played in it as their spring training home the Phillies used it for spring training it's kind of it's got to be one of those things where it's got to kind of be a I guess it would be a bit um it just would be something where it kind of messes with your brain a bit like okay this isn't where we actually play so it kind of messes with you a bit but at the end of the day you're just like kind of feels like you're playing the whole season as the away club. Exactly. And, and you guys actually had some of those games where you guys would go to Clearwater, Daytona, Bradenton, and you guys would play as an away club, but or you guys would play as an away club, but you guys would play as a home team there due to the uh, changes. So, um, And we'll see what happens even now this year. We might have that case with the Fire Frogs where they might be playing. In the t- so that'll be interesting to see. But, uh, yeah, Dunedin's always they had, they've had a great team this year. It was fun to watch you guys play this year. Um, you know, you guys were super consistent. And um, it's funny. I feel so bad, too, for saying this. I Actually, I didn't. I, I had my doubts with Dunedin a bit, but then they just surprised me, and I got I got into the hype, man, and, and I loved them. They were one of my favorite teams to watch this year. What were, what were some of your doubts? I don't, I don't know. I guess it's just I didn't know how... Well, I guess it was. I guess I just based it off of last season, how they did last year with after their uh, championship run. I guess I just, I don't know. I guess it was just me, but... Um, and that, you know, I'm a podcaster, so I, I just made a, I really didn't have many doubts. It was more so just, I kind of just was like, well, I guess they didn't do great last year, so I guess I'll, but minor league baseball is so tough to pick, honestly, that it can go either way. I really never had any doubts, but it was just hard to pick any, so. I understand, I understand. It's tough to predict because the rosters flip over so much. Yeah, and they don't really announce it. And and the sad thing is minor league baseball doesn't announce the rosters till like the day of. So I think I did it like a weeks before the actual main roster was announced. So I was like, uh, this is uh so I think I kind of I think I changed my pick throughout the year though. It, it's so hard, man. Um well, so, to be fair, we don't know the rosters either until that very last until that announcement gets made. So and that must be 
And that must be tough for you guys, too, man. Just going in, you know, the day before and being like, all right, you're going to go to Dunedin. I mean, at least you got to stay in the area. At least it was probably easy for you. Um, but for for guys who are, say, maybe going up to D Vancouver or um, Buffalo or even Lansing, that must be a tough thing to do if you're just finding out the day before. Uh, I started the year off in Lansing, too. Oh, okay. That was quite the switch. Yeah, that, that must be brutal. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And and that's what I love about spring training. It's you know, you, you, you could literally make triple it, it can make or break whether you make triple A or double A or you know, double A or single A advance. So that's what I love about spring training so much and I cannot wait this year for spring training. It should be a fun fun year, especially for you guys with all the talent you guys have in your system, man. It is it is loaded this you know, they the, the, the Blue Jay system is loaded. Um, they've really done a good job in just developing their players and getting them to the majors and really doing a good job at the last, at least the last couple of years. Um, they've done a really good job doing that. So I give props to your guys' organization. All right, so my second question to you today, um, Graham, is what was it like playing in Buffalo for AAA and what were some of the biggest differences playing in Buffalo for you than, like, Dunedin and such? Uh, well... I was only in Buffalo for a very, very short time. It mm -hmm. was like all of um, But I tried to do everything exactly the way I did. I tried to prepare for that start exactly the way I would a normal a normal game in the Florida State League. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, it was really hard. Like, the atmosphere was different. Uh, basically met the whole team for the first time. Uh, lots of new guys, new coaches. And... Uh, one of the biggest factors for me in that game was my catcher. I uh, throwing to Reese McGuire, and he went out of his way to make sure that I was comfortable and that we were comfortable working together. And uh, it turned out to be a, a great game. Yeah, and I mean, that's got to be really cool for you, you know, being able to, you know, throw to a guy who's had major league experience too, especially with the Blue Jays. So that must have been also pretty cool to be around that. And, and, and it is tough, you know, just going up there for a game and kind of just, you know, obviously um, you, you saying, you know, you were replace, you were kind of replacing somebody who got brought up to the majors, which I'm not sure who got brought up at the time. It probably was like Biggio or Bichette or one of them because I know they were being... Actually, I have no idea. I, I don't know who... Yeah. Uh, who start. Yeah, yeah. I was, but, uh, I was wondering. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I, probably Biggio or something. Yeah, but um, but yeah. I mean, that's just must be a really cool experience. You know, being around guys who've had major league experience, and it must have been you know for you probably you probably learned a lot. You know, of how those guys, um, how they how they you know get ready for a game and how they you know just just their way of playing minor league baseball and such. So that must have been a really cool experience for you. Um. My third question is, and this was probably a cool experience for you as well, is describe playing in this in last year's, I should say, uh, Florida State League All Star Game, and what was it like being around uh, all the players who made it as well? You know, guys who you've been able to know over the over the season. What was it like being around them and and getting to hang out with them and all that? Yeah. Now you know 
Yeah, you know who your competition is in person. You know what exactly. their personality is. Exactly. But uh, it was cool to meet some of those guys, and then uh, I even got the opportunity to play with some of them, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that, uh, let me think, Brandon White from the uh, the Braves mm-hmm. played against each other all year. He was on the fire, and then uh, we ended up suiting up together in the, in the Arizona Fall League. That's fun. That's fun. Yeah, and, and that's what I love about the Florida State League. And it seems like a lot of guys who have I, I've got on the podcast who have played in the Florida State League, guys like Matt Vierling, guys like, um, I'm trying to think who else I've had who's been the uh, Travis Swaggerty and such. Um, they all said it's just really cool to be able to be around those guys and, and just being able to, to um, you know, being able to just be around guys who you might not like at the time, you know, before the game, but you know, because of the, you guys playing each other, but then once you get into the game, it's all fun, and it's all, um, it's all, it's all just a really cool experience, so I, I can completely understand that, um, you know, it it must be a really cool experience, and obviously, uh, uh, for, for, obviously for you, it seemed like that, for you, that was a really cool experience, especially you get to play with guys who you, you play so much with and stuff, so I understand that. Um, my fourth question is, do you think being a low draft pick puts a chip on your shoulder to exceed expectations so obviously you were drafted in the 31st round uh when you were drafted um do do you think that puts a chip on your shoulder to kind of exceed the expectations that might be have already given to you by whether it's you know people in the media or whether it's even by the team do you think you want to exceed those expectations Yeah, they look at you as a teammate. And so, uh, no. No, I don't have a chip on my shoulder. Not angry about it. I'm uh, just happy I got a chance to play and that uh, makes the best out of it. I'm going to play as long as I can. And I and I honestly like that answer. I think that's a really good answer, actually. You know, I, I feel like guys, they always are like, I have to over-succeed and stuff because I'm a low draft pick. And I always tell them, don't worry about where you were drafted. I think it matters on where you end. Again, you could be the last pick in the 48th round or you could be the number one pick. As long as you make it to where you want to be, whether it's if you want to make it to the majors or it doesn't matter. You know, as long as you make it to, if you say if it is a majors, if you make it to the majors and you were the last pick in the draft, it doesn't matter where you begin. It just matters how you finish your career. So, and where how you wanted your career to be finished. And um, so, I I understand that. And and honestly, I feel like putting a chip on your shoulder isn't really worth it. It doesn't matter. On in my opinion, I don't think it matters where you get drafted in the MLB draft. It's kind of like it, it's not like 
any other professional draft. You know, there's so many rounds, and it doesn't matter really where you get drafted at. So I understand that. I think that's a great way to actually think of, you know, it's a great way to think coming into just a season or even even when you begin your career with the Blue Jays to not have a chip on your shoulder because you were drafted so low. So I, I, I actually really do like that qu- uh, answer from you. Um, my fifth question to you is, describe a, rut- a pregame routine that you do. So is there any, like, thing, do you have any superstitions that you, like, need to do before a game? Like, is there anything, that, or, what, what do you do before a game? Just describe it. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, you want to redo the, the fifth question? Yeah, let me ask you the fifth question to you. Uh, my fifth question is, describe a re- routine pregame for you. So what is just some, you know, routines that you do before a game to get you ready before a big start you have? Or and, or even just, even if you don't pitch, just what are just some routines that you do? Uh, well, my, uh, my game day routine was, uh, it's pretty laid back. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, a normal, normal game, I probably, I will, I'll show up at the park. Seven o'clock game, I'll probably get there around four. And, uh, I'm just, I'm listening to music, hanging out, um, getting something to eat, just trying to be as relaxed and calm as possible. And, uh, I probably looked over the scouting report the day before. Or so I'll go over that a couple more times and try and formulate a plan with my catcher before we even get dressed. And then uh, closer to the game, probably like 45 minutes before the start, I'll go out into the line and uh, I'll start stretching, do my dynamic warm-ups and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll throw around uh, a medicine ball for a couple throws before I get throws thrown. And then uh, 15 minutes before the game, I'm on the mound. Going through my pre pitch, my pre pre game routine, and then uh, then it's game time. Then it's ready. Then it's go time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I don't think you really do much before a game, especially if you have a start. It's not like you're gonna go out in the bullpen and pitch like 50 to 60 pitches you're not going to do that to your arm obviously you're just kind of kind of you know relax and get ready for a game so um you kind of got to keep it light and that's for any pitcher you don't want to injure yourself if you overdo if you overdo it you, you might hyperextend your arm and, and it might turn out bad if you you know if you're going out to pitch and you might not even be able to pitch if you do that so i understand what you mean just kind of keeping loose and not doing too much to where you're ready to pitch but you know, you're at least, you feel comfortable when you're out there. So I understand that. Um, my sixth question to you is, how does travel differ from different leagues? So obviously the Florida State League, all based out of Florida, but you've been in other leagues where it's not all based out of Florida. It's based out of a few states. And for example, in Vancouver with the Midwest League, um, another example is, I hope it's the Midwest League. I'm not too sure, honestly, I could be wrong. Um, uh, also with Lansing as well. Um, and, and, and just describe like what, what is, tra- how does travel differ in those leagues? So it, do you guys take buses, travel, planes? How does it work? Uh, travel in the Florida State League is, is pretty great compared to... Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, all the travel is buses everywhere. <laughs> so, uh, I think one of the longest days I had, I flew into Spokane, Washington to meet mm-hmm. the Canadians. 
and there was a forest fire nearby. Oh, boy. As soon as I landed, uh, like it was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon maybe, as soon as I showed up to the hotel, the whole team got on the bus and drove all the way back to Vancouver. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I think I got to, I got to the border like around maybe... I couldn't tell you, 11 maybe? And I know I was sitting in custom for at least two hours waiting for a stamp on my passport. That's crazy. That's that probably, crazy. But Midwest League is pretty rough too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the longest trip was Lansing to, to Bowling Green. Oh boy. That was, uh, that's a serious drive. That was maybe 13, 13 hours, I think. Yeah, that's probably a rough one. I have to. It actually, it was so long that uh, we made the Midwest League playoff in 2018. Uh huh. I was scheduled to start game two in Bowling Green, and game one was a seven o'clock game in Lansing, and game two was the next day, seven o'clock night game in Bowling oh, Green. Oh God! Oh boy! Uh, I the drive was so long that they actually flew me to Bowling Green the day before. Really? Wow! So I didn't even watch game one. And I was already in Bowling Green waiting for the team to get there to, to play game two. Wow, that is crazy. Um, that that's I, I would have never I would have never thought um, that that's I mean I mean it makes sense now you know hearing it how you know obviously you can't just drive you're literally gonna get no rest whatsoever you're gonna be probably tired as all heck I would assume um, unless you're a really good day sleeper I don't know how that works but um. No, but yeah, uh, travel and, and the Florida State League. I tell you, the Florida State League's got the best travel because it's all in Florida. Um, it's it's probably the best travel. I mean, the, maybe the farthest drive is five hours, um, or seven hours, eight the, hours. The only place that average bus time might be a little shorter would be the Abbey League. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we have a team in Bluefield. I, I don't remember the travel ever being bad. Yeah. Ever. I don't think it was. Anything was more than three or four hours. Oh man, that that must not that yeah that must be pretty good too yeah and that's what I, again that's why I like the Florida State League because um you know um uh, it's it's just nice and easy there's not everything kind of close and and even if you're playing against a team like Tampa it's only like twenty minutes away that's the easiest drive possible so yeah travel for you guys definitely easy and stuff um it, it, when you get into the Florida State League but yeah you know places like you know when you get into with Vancouver and stuff, and and even uh, if you would have stayed for a longer period of time in the um, Pacific Coast, uh, no, no, they're not International League. Um, it gets pretty pretty hectic in travel, and especially in the Pacific Coast League, um, because a lot of those teams are spread out um, across the uh, you know from east to west. So it, it gets pretty hectic um, when you when you start going into the AAA and stuff. The travel gets it gets better because you start taking plane, but. It's still a bit. It, you're, they're longer travels. They're kind of getting you ready for the majors, I guess you would say. Um, so yeah, I understand. Yeah, Travel gets rough. Little, rough. Yeah, it is definitely rough. But hey, it's a. It's probably a lot better taking. It's probably a lot better in a plane than a bus when you get into Triple A. So, but hey, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Those teams, you know, they they got to do what you got to do, and uh, I understand. So. My last question to you, Graham, today is what are your goals for 2020? So what are some goals, whether it's, you know, uh, statistic-wise, you have any goals? Like, do you, uh, you want to get to a certain level? Like, just some of your goals, they don't have to be anything crazy, but just name some of your goals that you want to happen here in 2020 this year. 
Uh, well, my goal going into spring training, like well, leaving spring training, my goal would be to break with the double A squad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's uh, it's going to be a challenge, but mm-hmm. I think that is very possible. And um, I guess I'm just going to start there. That hey, I mean it's nice, you know. Sometimes you gotta start, you gotta, you gotta start, you know, with only one goal, and then keep working your way up through it. So I like it. That's fair enough. And uh, one goal that I have that I always have that won't ever go away is that I always want to stay healthy. Yep. And I think that's for any player. And I and I've talked to a lot of guys um, um, for through throughout the podcast who who have been injured, who have had dealt with injuries, um, and and they just want to stay healthy. So I understand that. Um, where you're coming from on that. Yep. And and I guess for another example, I just had a Trevor Bentoncourt from uh, he was in Reading last year, I think he was. Um, he he just had Tommy John surgery, so for him, he wanted to stay healthy too. So again, it, it, that's a big big port, important part of, of being a ball player. You just want to stay healthy. You want to be out there because especially in the minor leagues, it's so fast moving. Um, especially nowadays with guys who are going up into the major leagues at 19 years old, you know, you want to stay healthy. You want to move up the levels as quick as possible. Um, you know, for some guys it might take a little bit longer, but I mean, you want to st- get up to the majors, you know, relatively quickly if you, you know, th- that's your goal and such. So um, I understand yeah. where you're coming that's from. Awesome. On that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you look at a guy, um, I would say in uh, some guy, I would look at guys like uh, Wander Franco and even in guys in the Blue Jays um, system, um, like Vlad Guerrero Jr. I mean, he got up as he got up super quick. I mean, he was up there in maybe two years, three years, it felt like. I mean, it was insane how quick Vlad got up there um, this year. And obviously, look at him. He was a home run derby champion. So, yeah, definitely staying healthy is a big deal um in and being in the minor leagues so i i understand that completely um graham i would like to thank you for joining me on the podcast we had some issues via you know wi-fi it was like satellite issues um but uh it was a real pleasure and i was so happy to have you on graham and uh good luck for 2020 this year and uh good luck to whichever team you join this year good luck to your minor league team that you uh, start out with this season thanks dylan really appreciate it it was my pleasure, man, and you have a great one, and I will talk to you in a future date. <laughs> All right, see you, man. See you, brother. All right, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you again, Graham. We had some um, Wi-Fi issues, so sorry about that. We were having issues trying to connect the call. It was weird. He couldn't hear me, but so... But anyways, it was cool. Got to meet him in person. Got to talk live. Um, but uh, that was awesome, actually. He was a really nice guy. Um, so I kind of felt, you know, bad, though, with the thing. So if the quality's not that great, just don't worry. It'll be fine. We'll I'll listen a bit too back. So anyways, um, yeah, so pretty much, Graham, uh, nothing really much to say. Um, you know, with him going into AAA, which I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like he probably got... I'm try- Let me see who... Let me see who got brought up to um, the Blue Jays system in June. <laughs> we did it. He just DM'd me right now. Uh, Graham did saying we did it. I'm like, oh my god, it was so brutal, man. Just trying to connect to this. Um, anyways, um, let me go see who. Sh- let me go see if the Blue Jays. I want to go see their um, roster uh, transactions in June. I want to go see if maybe maybe somebody who got brought up in June. Let me go. Um, let me 
go that yeah let me go no I want to go to moves this might take me a second give me a, a quick second guys I want to see who I mean it doesn't matter but I just want to see who let's see June June 7th um or June I guess June 6th or 5th um it looks like I'm trying to see if there's anybody that like there's really no like it really doesn't give me anybody who actually got brought up the only guy that says it got brought up to the Blue Jays um was I'm trying to see real quick yeah, there really wasn't anybody who got brought up, um, actually, um, that actually got brought up to the majors at that time, so they must have had an injury, um, or something. It does say here that, uh, David Phillips got injured, so that's probably it. Um, David Phillips probably got injured, and they probably had to bring down a guy, um, so that's probably it, I'm guessing. Uh, let me see if there's anybody that's, like, behind him. Um, yeah, that's probably just an injury. Um, but anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough, man. When you go up to Buffalo, it's a whole different animal. I tell you, um, it really is. And for him, he was only there for a day. So I, I feel for him on that. It, it's a tough place to play. Triple A is a whole different, different animal. I mean, when it comes to, as we talked about travel, um, there's a big difference as well. Um, you know, it, when you get into leagues that are, um, when you get into leagues, for example, like, you know, as he said, the Midwest League, it, it gets, travel gets crazy. Um, when you get to AAA, though, I know you do, like, fly in AAA just because it's a longer flight, but, um, yeah, it's tough, man. Travel is tough in, in minor leagues, um, and you kind of got to, that kind of affects you sometimes as a player, so, um, uh, anyways, guys, that is pretty much it for this episode. We would like to thank our sponsors for this episode, Pick Drafts and Official Depot, for sponsoring all of our episodes. Use our discount code for Pick Drafts. Uh, to save 20% on all their contests, use discount code FSLBB19, all in caps. Then use discount code FSL Network, and you can save 15% off at Officials Depot, the official sponsor of the Florida Staley Radio Network. Go Thank you so much to Sam Tenez and Grayson Rogers for letting us use your music. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Peace out, and see you guys in our next podcast, which will hopefully be tomorrow. So thank you guys for coming, and see you guys in our next podcast episode. Peace out.